Welcome to Hiraith, a home for the left in Wales. Before we begin this evening, uh, I just wanted to pay our respects to Mohammed Ashgar, the member of the Senate for South East Wales, who sadly passed away this week. Our condolences are with his family, friends and Welsh Conservative colleagues at this sad time. You join us uh, not on our regular recording time slot. We are recording a couple of days after interviewing the uh, Liberal Democrats, Wales Green Party and Welsh Communists. But I'm once again joined by Richard Martin. Hello. And Kerry Davis. Hello, Kerry. Good evening, gents. What did you make of Monday's recording? The takeaway of speaking to uh, three parties, and in all fairness, they're on a sort of spectrum of being smaller parties, it's not quite fair to compare the um, Liberal Democrats and the, the Greens and the uh, Communist Party in quite the same way, because of course the Liberal, Liberal Democrats have had in the past a minor but significant presence in the Senate and are in the process of trying to reverse quite a steep decline, um, whereas the other two parties have never had any presence and the Green Party has done reasonably well and come close to getting uh, a list seat um, but never quite made it and obviously the communists are a slightly smaller group again but perhaps had a bit more salience recently uh, during the reign of um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn as the Labour Party a lot not quite the same but similar issues were raised and it's quite interesting to see where they'll find themselves in a post-Corbyn world where where they stood aside previously for Labour under Corbyn and now appear unlikely to do so perhaps going forward. I think the takeaway is that uh, apart from perhaps Kirsty Williams uh, retaining her seat in Brecon and Radnor, I think it's going to be very hard for any of them to win any seats, even with our semi-proportional system in the Senate next year or at future elections, unless there's some significant change to the way the Senate elections work. I'd agree with most of that. I thought it was a really interesting session. It was difficult to our previous ones with the, the three-party approach, but uh, we have got three distinct parties and uh, where they are. I thought it was interesting that, um, as Richard alluded to, the Libs have been there, done that, and are actually in government. We forget that they are part of the, the government in the Bay at the moment with the Education Secretary and Kirsty. And that didn't come out so much, which I thought was interesting on Monday, but we did, they didn't play on that because I think that's going to be uh, perhaps something they'll put a hook on next year, the success they've brought being in government on the education side of things. The Greens, again, I thought both Lauren and Sean were really good ambassadors for the party. And as you know, I'm a little conflicted as a, a Green Party member here, so I'm not going to eulogise too much, but I think what they highlighted what the greens will bring which is a little bit of radicalism it is ubis being looked at four day week things like that i think they really did put that at the fore of what they were doing but it is going to be a hard battle for the greens to get a, a seat next year the polls come and go you know there was one roger poll which put the greens with a seat but since then that hasn't been there but there's a lot of uh a lot of things to happen in the next year and the environment is certainly going to be a kind of key point, I think, certainly for the Greens, but I think all the other parties now realise the importance people are going to place on that. And I also think something, again, which didn't come out on Monday, but has come out before, is the emergence of the 16 and 17-year-old vote next year. And I think the environment might be something that demographic will have a lot of consideration for. Uh, the Communists... I thought that was a really interesting part of the show. I thought our guest, Katrin, was really, really good. 
some of the ideas she spoke of were great. Um, the Radical Alliance, I'm not sure how much traction that will get, but I liked what she said. It, it resonated for me, and I thought she was a really good ambassador for the party. Yeah, I was quite surprised how much they actually agreed on. Like you said, I don't think you know anyone's going to be in the Liberal Democrats, especially going to be rushing towards a, a radical alliance, like Katrin said, with the, the Communist Party. But you know they've worked together on the Greens and the Liberal Democrats have worked together quite a bit already. You know they've had uh, a series of pacts together, primarily focused on stopping Brexit. But I can't see why that couldn't happen again on on things they agree with, on things like UBI and federalism and I, I can see that definitely happening i think you know they were there was a degree of them being quite confident obviously going into next year's election they want to make it seem as though they're in a winning position no one wants to look like they're not going to be successful but i do think they were being very ambitious all all, all three uh, parties you know catching was a fantastic ambassador for the communists but i i can't see them winning a seat without you know vast expansion of the senate the green party i think a very good night for the green party would be to get on the board would be to get a, a seat and the liberal democrats saying they're going to get five seats as a, as a good night was was mind-blowing to me because I, I just don't see where they're coming from but you know it was I, I think yeah like you said very interesting discussion i just think they were being a bit ambitious well there's nothing wrong with it that's kind of the pattern of all yeah, political sure. parties in the run-up to an election is they've got to have ambition i think you're right about you know the pattern there i think it would be in the current system it'd be a minor miracle for the communists it would be a very good night for the greens to have one you know I, I have a lot of sympathy for the lib dems you know people always say about the lib dems they don't have a core vote in the same way the Labour party the conservative party ply can redo I'm not entirely sure what their electoral offer is. And it would be, I think it would be a really good night for them just to get more than one, frankly. I mean, everyone seems to suggest, including um, the Honourable Mr Davis uh, of this very podcast, seems to suggest that Kirsty is quite likely to retain her seat in Brecon. It's possible she might. It, it, it may even be likely, but I think just retaining Kirsty and maybe adding one more. Again, where would they come? There's the same conversation we've had with all of the other parties. Where would you gain seats? Where would the Lib Dems gain seats in Wales? Maybe Ceredigion, maybe Montgomeryshire. It's not going to be Cardiff Central, I don't think, anymore. You were talking about this match from your experience uh, living in Cardiff a few years ago. and I, Maybe the list seats, but I, you know, the Lib Dems are not exactly a pulse-quickening, I tell you what, I'll dabble on my list seat kind of vote. There tend to be a moderating influence rather than an exciting influence. Hand on heart, I think the Senate would be better for more voices, better. It would be a better parliament if there was a greater plurality. But until there's some kind of significant reform of the voting system, I find it very difficult to believe that any of the three parties we had on would be significantly represented in any way. The one thing that I kind of would ask, I think probably ask Kerry this, I mean, this is something that kind of troubles the Green Party a little bit. Is victory for the Green Party getting people elected as Green Party members of a parliament? Is that victory or is getting the issues raised in such a way that maybe bigger parties act on them victory? Or are both of those things victory? Because the way things are going, certainly in Wales, Labour, Ply Cymru, uh, the Lib Dems, the Greens, and probably a whole host of other minor parties are probably more or less aligned now on environmental direction of travel, although the speed of that travel is obviously different depending on the party. I don't know, whether, what, what do you think, Harry? Is, is vict does victory for the Greens mean getting seats or does victory for the Greens mean getting the agenda set? I, I think it's both. I think um, it, 
it's that definition of being a party. If you're a party, you obviously want those seats so you can influence and offer scrutiny at those bodies you're trying to be elected to. If you're a pressure group or a lobby group, then you're looking to influence the, the policy of others. I take as a great success for the Green Party, but they've managed to get, and I think it is the Green Party pressure, which has really brought the environment and some of the other social issues which are, have been long-standing policy areas for the Green Party into main party streams. I read a, a Labour list article this week where UBI, four-day week, were both kind of what Labour are calling for, and those are long-standing Green Party policies, which really are now being talked around in the mainstream so that is success i think it was interesting what Lenin said and what lauren said about how europe operates and the plurality of um, parties working together and i think both the greens and the lib dems are probably the leaders in the the uk um in terms of wanting that kind of approach that working together the grown-up politics we see it in scotland with the welsh green uh, the scottish greens and the smp I think the Lib Dems, you know, right for rightly or wrongly, they had a coalition with the Tories, which many would argue is what's hurting them at the moment. But they've been in government in Wales on and off over the full course of the, the Senate history. So it's really interesting that that is the approach that we're looking for by those parties we spoke to on Monday. To get some kind of change where that mixture of voices could be elected would require either one of the larger parties particularly we're looking at Labour or the Conservatives to put that forward as a manifesto commitment to change the voting system in Wales uh, which would disbenefit them inevitably the, but the people who want the change are sort of permanently locked out of government for the most part and Kirsty uh, has you know she doesn't have enough sway in government to be able to push the Welsh government to make that kind of change alone because her major coalition partner is ambivalent about electoral reform. I think it, you know it is it is really sad. But I, I was trying to do a bit of maths after we recorded, rolling back to when the expert panel on assembly reform made their recommendation for a multi-member single transferable vote across Wales. And I was thinking about that long and hard. And I was thinking, even under that system. I'd struggle to think about constituencies that would return many Lib Dems, more than one or two Greens, and certainly not, you know, I can't think of a single constituency except for maybe the Ronde Vach, you know, the Ronde seats that would look at the, the Communist Party. I mean, can you guys, you know, thinking even under a reformed Senate, if it went along the, the lines of the McAllister report, I mean, would that make a huge change? I mean, you can see places where the Lib Dems have held previously, maybe returning a couple. Places like Ceredigion, although they did finish third uh, in the general election in December. Places like Montgomeryshire, places like Brecon and Radnorshire, that even if they didn't win, even if they didn't come top of the, the, the pile, they may pick up one or two. But I, no, I don't, I don't see a, a place they, they, they'd make huge gains. I mean, in Cardiff it, last year in the European elections, the Lib Dems did very, very well. Okay, I think came either second or third behind oh, really? the Brexit okay. party. They'd okay. be, well, Labour finished fourth in Cardiff in the European elections last year. So I can't remember quite which order it happened, but either Plaid or the Liberal Democrats uh, finished second. Okay, so maybe there is a sort of residual kind of block of votes out there for the Lib Dems, but they're just never enough, the floor of that voting level is never enough to get them towards list seat status or anything like that. But maybe in a truly, you know, in an STV 
type situation, maybe there's enough folks there to get a handful. What about the Greens, Kerry? So you, you've stood for the Greens in the past. What, if you were to say this is a part of Wales where a seat looks reasonably winnable one way or another, where would be the places that the Greens would look? Would it be like the cities like Cardiff and Swansea? or? or I, 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 think, I think the Greens, you know, without going into tactics or strategy, you know, the, the list is where the greens are looking for seats and i think the realistic areas are where votes have been cast in the past we just talked about the last european elections the greens did quite well in south wales um in those elections i think in cardiff we came above the conservatives you know so those are things which you can take forward so you're looking at southeast southeast wales south wales central um i don't think there's any great secret that that's where the kind of uh, approach might have to be focused but um, I, think, I think there's a little bit, what was discussed on Monday, I think we're m- moving a little bit away from that. I think there are some really good points about local parties, the way they work, individual candidates, how they can influence. And I think that all has a bearing. Um, I think the Conservatives mentioned. So the Lib Dems, you know, it's hard to see in Wales, but I think Leonard mentioned that uh, they are rebuilding in England and the England local authority. I think uh, Elena mentioned that uh, in the European elections, now sadly defunct, they had their best ever record, which might have been Brexit focused and the link between the party and Brexit. But in Wales, we're hard to see that. And it's the same with the Greens. It's having that local representation to build on and the infrastructure that can bring you. And at the moment, both the Lib Dems and the Greens aren't having that. So while we're talking at the Senate next year, I think that both parties will be really looking to build in the elections the following year at a local level. No, I agree. And the Lib Dems are very, usually very good at a local level. They tend to be campaigning the whole year round. They don't let up at all. So the, in places where they do have that campaigning infrastructure, where they have city and councillors, in a reform system, you definitely wouldn't put it past them picking up seats. You know, going back to what we were saying about the European elections, maybe there is a residual resentment from some people about how Brexit is played out um, and they'd still be willing to back the Liberal Democrats on the list even if they didn't do so in their constituency. I think there's a there's a good chance they will pick up votes on the list but I don't know whether it will be enough. Mm. Like I said it's interesting on some of the candidates you get like Richard you mentioned Brecken and Radner uh, again conflict of interest I'm a Brecken and Radner boy and follow the politics there with some interest. It was interesting to have James Gibson Watt on on Monday. You know, it's, it's nice to see some some representation outside the the metropolitan bubble on these kind of podcasts. But I think Kirsty has got a very very strong seat there now. And while the Conservatives took the general election seat with Faye, even on the background, it, it, the Libs put themselves in a difficult position with the candidate they chose there in the by-election and stayed with. So it'll be interesting to see who their assembly candidate is. If it's someone local, again, if it's someone who the, the rural community, the farming community can get behind, um, who is the Lib Dem candidate for Montgomeryshire? You know, the leader of the Welsh Lib Dems is Montgomery-based, I think, although she did stand in Brecon and Radnor. So will she be the local candidate in Montgomeryshire? It could be. And Peter Black, I think, always had a really good name and reputation in the Assembly. And is he going to be on the list? Because I think if you get the candidate who people can recognise and have got some trust, they can pick up list votes. Without going into the psychology of how people vote in Assembly or Senate elections, 
I don't know how often people split their vote. I mean, I think most, it's very easy for us to say as politically minded people that you'd, you, you'd split your vote and you'd say vote for one party in the, the constituency and another on the, the region or whatever. But I don't know how many people do do that, whether they just, you know, my father, for example, even if you explained a haunt to him to the to you blue in the face, he'd still vote Labour twice on the in both votes. So I, I I don't know really. I don't know how how likely it is that a good Lib Dem campaign nationally, uh, when they're pushing for seconds and thirds etc. in constituencies, may help them as well. Um, may bump up their their votes in the list. Yeah, I think I think the evidence overall is that it's, people don't split their votes very much. They mostly do list and constituency for the same party, unless, for example, there is a party standing that they prefer on the list seat that isn't standing in the constituency, which does happen. That could happen with the Greens, for example, if the Greens don't start in it, stand in every constituency. But uh, I, I think, generally speaking, most people don't, uh, and that's kind of borne out in the the kind of results that we get, like when uh, UKIP got seven seats in 2016 that's not going to happen again it'll be somebody else that hoovers up all those seats i don't know who it's going to be uh, from the polling it certainly doesn't look like it's going to be the lib dems if the you know the recent salvation polling had the brexit party picking up four which i wasn't expecting or whatever the brexit party will be called it but none of the polling leads to us believing it's going to be the liberals it, it seems to be sort of evenly distributed back out between Clyde and the Conservatives. It's just very difficult to see where anyone else picks up enough votes. If ever there was a party that needed to redefine what it was and what its pitch was to the electorate, it would be the Lib Dems, in my opinion, because I just think it's really unclear what you're voting for if you're voting Liberal, other than you're, it's a negative vote against another party in the same constituency. I know, Kerry, you're, you're smiling, mate. Do you, have a, do you have a better definition than me? No, no, no. I, I, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the first time that I've ever really known the Lib Dems stand for something was the most recent general election when they were very, very anti-Brexit. I suppose you could take that into the local elections that happened earlier in the year and the European elections as well. But in the general election, that very, very clear stop Brexit message under first past the post did them no good mm. i mean going forward they're in a much better position in a lot of places because they increased their vote share hugely they're now second in a lot more seats but in battleground seats in wales that's not the case when they were trying to take back on, they finished in third when they tried mm. to take back cardiff central they finished in third i mean it's, the- it's not necessarily the case that standing for something has necessarily helped the lib dems so what did, you, what did you make of the thesis that um, uh, James put forward that Keir Starmer as Labour leader was a good thing for Liberal Democrats? Yeah, I think there's a lot of thought on that. I mean, in order to win an election, I think the Labour Party do need a strong Liberal Democratic Party because there are places where we simply will never win. My aunt and uncle who live in leafy Surrey are not going to vote Labour, no matter who's leading the Labour Party, but they will vote Lib Dem, as long as they're not scared for who's going to be the Labour Prime Minister. So there are seats like that all over the place where you need a strong Liberal Democratic Party to take Conservative seats off them. And I think people are less worried about voting Lib Dem if someone like Keir Starmer is going to be the Prime Minister. Doesn't translate into the Welsh election though, that does it? 
I mean, we, we kind of live under the influence of the UK elections anyway, and the UK leaders are far more visible in Wales, et cetera, et cetera. But does that any, is there any of that translate into a Senate election? I don't think so necessarily, no. Not for the Liberal Democrats anyway. I think you can make the argument that it may benefit Labour depending on your view on the leadership, but I can't see it being a massive push for the, the Lib Dems. If anything, I think it makes it harder for parties like the Lib Dems and the Greens if there's a good, sensible Labour Party fighting in the sort of centre-left, soft-left area because it, they're taking up so much of the political oxygen. Catherine probably would disagree. She's, you know, when she said that they've got a lot of membership from Labour implied moving to the centre. Yeah, I, I think you've both alluded to where I'd stand on the Libs and the other parties. I think um, the Libs have positioned themselves as the opposition where they are able to be to the Conservatives, who people won't go too far left, but they can be opposition to Conservatives. And then in Labour seats, people who won't go to the blue, quite happy to vote Lib Dem. But then you get into the Celtic countries where you've also got the parties of Plaid and the SNP. And the SNP position as that kind of opposition opportunist party dissipates a little. So it's harder. You can see it in England quite easily, I think. You can see, you look at where parties win and what the second party is, I think it follows quite a, a clear line. In Wales, it's less so. The much discussed problems with the Lib Dems following their coalition with the Conservatives back in 2010 is still something which haunts them in a lot of places. I think it's very easy to say that that's moved on, but people remember that. And it's going to take probably another generation of politicians to to really get that through the system. What do you think the effect of the Remain Alliance will have on, on parties like the Greens, Kerry? Do you think it will be a something that's completely forgotten about soon? Or do you think that being a party of Remain will be a, a hindrance to the Greens? No, I, I think it's. I think that's gone. I, I haven't even thought about it, and I'm considering these things quite a lot. I think people on all the parties in the, the Remain Alliance, there were people who were unhappy, and there were people who were happy with it. And, you know, things didn't go the way people expected it to. And it is, again, speaking from this kind of political interested side of things, the Remain Alliance, for me, and I was directly affected by stepping down in the seat I, I was standing in, it's the kind of politics I want to see. So it's back to Richard's earlier question, what is success? And I want to see that type of politics where you have got cooperation, so you get the policies you want to see in. So I, I'm okay with that. Whether everyone you'll speak to on all the parties would be, but I want to see that kind of grown-up, forward-thinking politics about cooperation, collaboration. That's, that's just my personal take on it. And then thinking about cooperation further, we asked uh, Lauren and Sean about the vote on a sort of party independence in, in the Green Party, whether they wanted to remain part of the England-Wales Green Party. Do you think that had any effect on the membership? I think Sean and Lauren didn't seem to think so, but obviously there was a few high-profile members who left went to join Plaid. It is a thorn in the, the Green Party side in Wales, which people can beat us with. If you want to lose sleep over it, you can. Um, but the, the party is quite different to the other parties in terms of the freedom it gives its members on the views it can have. So I think Lauren voted to remain, Sean voted to leave, I, I voted to leave, but it, would it make me leave the party at the moment? No, because you know, where I, my priorities are those huge, 
environmental issues, which, you know, not trying to bring my own agenda into the pod, but haven't really featured amongst the parties. We're talking about climate emergency and we've had every mainstream party on the pod and it hasn't really featured greatly in any of their kind of narrative. And I'm a little disappointed at that, but that's where I want to focus. When it comes to, uh, you know, why the Green Party isn't independent, should Wales be independent? There'd be no whipping of Green Party members. Should there ever be a referendum, it'll be like other referendums in the past and it'll be up to members to make their own choice and support which campaign they want. And I think that's a really healthy approach to such big issues. I was going to do another thought experiment. This one is for you, Matt. Um, say the Liberal Democrats return one Liberal Democrat again next year. It's Kirsty again. Labour Party has more or less the same number of seats as it does now, 25, 27. Kirsty, does she get a welcome back into the, a future Welsh Government? I can't see why not, if she wants to. If Labour ever got 31 seats, I can't see her being given a job. But, I mean, if, if you're trying to piece together a, a coalition, I can't see why she wouldn't be given this, either the same role or an equivalent one. Because education policy in Wales is really a Kirsty Williams policy these days. She's been there now for five years. She's really steered higher education, new curriculum for schools. You know, there's no difference there between her, you know, her as representative of Liberal Democrats in Wales and Labour Party policy. Is there in education? It's hard to say. Obviously, we've got our own policy processes that that go towards what we offer in the manifesto. I know there's some members who are a bit annoyed that we're not seem to be completely in control of it though i don't know if that's the case it's just what it appears because there is a liberal democrat running the brief but obviously it's a cabinet-based decision i'm sure that when kirsty agreed to take the job there was certain red lines she had but i mean she speaks with collective responsibility just like every other member of the cabinet so i think it's still a primarily labor-led labor-based approach to education so a thought experiment for, for Rich and Kerry. Do you ever see policies such as uh, UBI and the four-day working week coming from parties like Labour or Plaid or the Greens? Or do you think Katrin is right to say you need a party like the Communist Party to get into the Senevs before you have those kind of incredibly radical policies well, I don't, because obviously I'm with a party that's had those policies for some time. So mm. uh, you don't need a party like the communists, but you do need a party with a little bit more radicalism and um, uh, freedom to to suggest these kind of things. Is that freedom from not having that kind of elected responsibility or is it a real desire to have that radical change? It's, it's a difficult one, but um, I don't think you necessarily need the communists for that. But as I've said this evening, as I, was like, as I guess said um, on Monday, I think that kind of plurality of approach, having the diverse voices, is something I'd really welcome in the Senate. Rich? Well, I think, we all, I think we all know the answer to that, Matt, is that, that, that safety first is the way that every Senate election has been won since 1999, and there's no reason to suggest that that's going to change next year or future years. There is a prerogative on parties outside of government to come up with good ideas because they want to get into government. And there's a prerogative for parties in government not to do anything risky because they want to stay in government. So that mix basically suggests that you end up 
unless there is a major electoral shift that's how you end up with Wales as it is in 2020 with the best will in the world you know we talked about the last Labour manifesto for the Senedd was you know decade of delivery had was it seven key pledges or whatever it was it was quite know, yeah, yeah. but it was quite a streamlined document if I can put it that way uh, and but it was a winning document you know th- there is no way that a unionist party even a federalist party can push forward with any kind of truly radical proposals because it would require it would be required in their view to come from Westminster in you know funding follows policy etc etc all that kind of stuff having said that I think there's a really it's good for those major parties to be pushed and I think the Green Party have done an amazing job recently pushing the major parties into accepting the reality of climate change I think in their own way, the leftier parties did a good job pushing the Labour Party to be more true to its left origins, whether that turned out to be electorally successful for the Labour Party, certainly across the border in England, probably not. But it did, it did create a genuine debate in the Labour Party that, in the way that we haven't seen for some time. Smaller parties innovate. When they come into government, if and when, in the rare chances they come into government, um, it's much more difficult to keep that kind of innovative policy platform. But as we've just seen in Ireland, a party that comes up with a lot of the best ideas that the electorate really like can get blocked by a safety first set of proposals from established parties, albeit with a hint of green about them. But the Greens have, in Ireland, I don't know how you closely you followed this, Kerry, the Greens in Ireland, have they took a hit last time they went into government and I think they have been really worried about taking a hit as a junior party going into government this time. Until we fundamentally change the system of elections and the system thereby of forming governments and forming parliaments, I think we are destined to repeat the recent past. Some people might think that's a very good thing, but uh, I think it would be healthy for new voices. I think we all, we'd all welcome that. Uh, thank you tonight for your contributions uh, to Richard. You're very welcome, sir. And to Kerry Davis. Cheers, chaps. Um, If you like what you've heard, please find us on Medium at Hereith Blog Cymru, on Facebook at Hereith Blog Cymru, and on Twitter at Hereith Blog. Thank you for listening to Hereith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.